Or if you have your precious Bible, turn to Revelation chapter 22. That's why I carry this King James black bound Bible proudly. And anybody makes fun of it, if anybody doesn't preach it, I don't really respect them, but I really appreciate any time that I get to preach this Bible because many men like William Tyndall gave their lives that we might have it. When he prayed, God opened the eyes of the king. He was praying for King James. And God opened his eyes. Amen? Revelation chapter 22. This goes right along with the message. And I just, when I saw that video or heard that audio, I didn't see the video until now. He sent that specially for us. Thank you, Brother Ronnie, if you're listening, for your forgotten podcast. They're a real blessing. Some people that are forgotten are real heroes. These jaybirds that don't even believe the Bible and make millions of dollars uh, doing other things shouldn't be our heroes. William Tyndale ought to be our heroes. Amen. And others that's died for the faith. Let's start with verse 6, and I'm just going to summarize uh, the rest of the book and the final testimony and warnings from the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that when a person puts a P.S. at the end of a uh, letter, he really wants that to be noticed, and that's what we read first and we read last. Well, this is not the P.S., this is the last verse, verses of the Word of God, and they're so precious. And it's summed up in seven last sayings. Last week, we discovered, he said, Behold, I come quickly, verse 7. Blessed is he that keep the sayings of the prophecy of this book, verse 7. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according to his work, shall be. That's verse 12. Uh, tonight we'll just read uh, a few of these verses, but we'll start with verse uh, 6 because it goes along with this video, or the video goes along with this. It says, He said to, the, to me, These sayings are faithful and true. Would you stand on to the Word of God, please? And He said to me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets, listen now, Send his angels to show unto his service the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth, now listen, the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Folks, he's saying there's a real blessing if you'll keep, and that means meditate, act upon, and treasure the Word of God. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for this great chapter that sums up how great it is to be privileged to have the Word of God preached to us, read to us, be able to read it, God be able to memorize it, and most indeed be able to share it and tell others all about you. Lord, thank you for this revelation. Thank you for this year that we've been in the book of Revelation. I pray, dear God, somebody's got something out of it, and if they have, they'll be blessed because they'll be far more faith in their soul and more courage and more boldness and more compassion to tell the whole world you're coming soon. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Thank you. Thank you for the privilege to preach this word. In Jesus' name, amen. So we see that there's seven sayings, like the seven sayings on the cross, there's seven sayings of the Lord Jesus Christ to end this beautiful book. And I, I, I'll draw your attention to verse 13, 
because I'm going to read a lot of these. It says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And so we see that he's ending the, ending the revelation of Jesus Christ by stating who he is. And uh, folks, listen, he began this book like this. Turn to Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, please. Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. And I hope that didn't bore you. If it did, you're probably bored with this too. But Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8, the Bible says this. It says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Now folks, I want you to know the revelation is not the revelation of tribulation. It's not the revelation of the Antichrist, certainly. It's not the revelation of some prophetic eschatology so you can know about the future it's the revelation of Jesus it's the revelation of Jesus Christ John on the Isle of Patmos boiled in oil is exiled and God Jesus comes to him the Holy Ghost comes to him and gives him this final revelation for the final canning of the word of God for us to read it 2,000 years later I thank God for not only the inspiration of the Bible, I thank God for the preservation of the Bible, that He preserved it for you and I. And I'll just say this, if God cannot preserve His Word, then I don't think He can keep your soul either. But if He can keep your soul, and he, you, don't, you can't lose your salvation, I don't believe God can lose this Bible. Amen? And I don't believe we need a better translation for money. Uh, when I was being ordained several years ago, and I found my ordination service, uh, Brother Cody, I need your help because it's on a brittle uh, old cassette, and i got to transfer it to something that's lasting. That'll be a miracle, and Brother Cody can do it. But, uh, and if he breaks it, uh, I'll never forgive him. But uh, uh, I, I just want you to know that the question that I was asked in my ordination service in front of about uh, 500 people was, what do you think about the lost books of the Bible? And I looked to myself and said, I, I'd never heard of that. And, I, and I, I didn't know how to answer the question. And finally, I just answered as a smart aleck young preacher. I said, sir, I don't believe if God can, if he can't lose our soul, I'm certain he can't lose no books. I don't believe in them. That guy looked at me and sat down. So praise God. And I have never interviewed people openly before 500 people for their ordination. It'll be private in the closet. Uh, it'll be in the a preacher's office, so don't worry, preachers, it's being ordained here. I want you to know, friend, he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end, but I like that last word, he's the Almighty. And this is Almighty Word. And folks, at the end of the, end of the chapter, of the end of the Bible, he's emphasizing there's a special blessing, there's a special enlightenment for those that keep the word of this prophecy. And folks, that means the whole word too. And then look at Revelation chapter 1, verse 11. The Bible says this. It says, uh, saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book, and send it into the seven churches which are in Asia, and to Ephesus, and to Smyrna, and to Pergamos, and to Thyatira, and to Sardis, and to the Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And that's where we're at today, Laodicea. And so we see, folks, he is the Alpha and Omega. The Bible says in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God. I believe that, don't you? And then uh, John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Folks, Jesus has always been. Say amen. 
In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it said, Let us make man in our image. That's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Say amen. And so we see, folks, that God is telling us in these last verses, reverence the Word of God. Adhere to the Word of God. Obey the Word of God. Keep the Word of God as preeminent in your life and prominent in your life. And don't put other futile, fickle, frivolous things before God's Word. That's what the book's saying. The book's saying, this is my book. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is from Genesis to Revelation, a picture and image of Jesus Christ. And we should not take it lightly. People come in here wassaying uh, into church and wassaying out just like they wassayed in. Folks, I believe that with all my heart, this book ought to change your life. I believe this book ought to revolutionize your wife, life and your wife too. And I thank, thank God for that. Amen. I'm preaching now. But I want to tell you something, friend. God help us. God help us. God help us not to be changed every time this book's read, every time we hear it. And folks, we ought to reverence enough to put him first and put this word first. That's the final message of Revelation. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. And I am God Almighty. Amen. And folks, thank God for his mighty word. Thank God we're not reading Mark Twain's uh, rendition of Jesus. Thank God we're not reading some fictional book. Thank God we're reading God's breathed word. That's where we get the word inspiration. It's all because of this. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. You know the verses, but I'll read them to you anyway. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? Jesus. And by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, Visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him. And get this now, Colossians 1, uh, 16. You'll look it up later, I guess. And for him. And for him. And look at verse 17, Colossians 1. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. That's where we get the word cosmic glue that holds all matter together. But I love verse 18. It says, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Now, folks, you've missed the whole point of this study if you've just got a big head and not a burning heart for Jesus. you missed the whole point of Revelation because, folks, God wanted to reveal more of who he is to you. And if you'll look him up high and lift it up, I'm going to tell you something, you'll change your life. He'll change your life. He'll revolutionize your life. But if you put him down on manageable terms, all you've got is heathen religion that burned people at the stake for trying to get the Word of God to individual soul liberty. See, the S or the I, yeah, the I in Baptist stands for individual soul liberty. Folks, every person in here is a priest. Every person in here has a right and a privilege to bring access to God through Jesus Christ. You can pray without me praying for you. Amen. You can come to God without going through man. You just got to come through the blood, come through Jesus Christ. Amen. But I want to tell you something. This story tells me that somebody tried to keep the preeminence and somebody tried to be Lord over people and somebody was upset when the English-speaking plowman got the Word of God in his hands. And there was no more rule of man 
when God started ruling man through the Word of God. You understand the whole picture? And so, folks, listen, we're more than religious, and we're not Protestant. We're Baptist. By conviction, we're Biblist. And, folks, this last chapter has everything to do with it. I'm not chasing rabbits, and I'm not trying to get off on a tangent on the Word of God. That'll come, that'll come later. But I want to tell you something, friend. We need to realize the whole purpose of the book of Revelation was to reveal the Alpha and the Omega. Then verse 16, here's another last saying of Jesus. Look at verse 16. The Bible says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. You read me? Revelation 22, 16. I am the root, listen now, I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Thank God, friend. Jesus shows the importance of the local church. Chapter 2, chapter 3, all about the seven church ages. We're in the last one, the Laodicean people ruled age. We're going back to that people rule. Congregation sovereign. Folks, I want to tell you something. I am a puppet if you tell me what to preach. I am a puppet if you tell me what to preach. Folks, I have to get my message from God. And I'm not Lord of this church by any means. I just happen to be the leader. And I want to tell you something, friend. God ordains leadership based on the authority of the Word of God. Without the Word of God, I have no authority, and you have no authority. But we can tread over uh, uh, Satan and serpents of the hell through the Word of God. And folks, they have to bow before the, the voice of God. And so Jesus said, I've sent my angel to testify to these things and to the churches that I am. I am. And you notice in your outline, I put down seven times that he said, I am. In the last saying, he, or the sixth saying, he said in verse 26, I am the root and offspring of David. I'm looking at the last part of verse 16. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. You said, I thought I was going to find some thrilling revelation of this last tribulation and millennial and heavenly city coming down. No, there's nothing more sensational than seeing Jesus. Because He's the light of heaven. He's the focus of heaven. He's the worship of heaven. And He ought to be that in your life. So, folks, the seven I am's in the gospel, I don't have time to read. You can read them yourself. I wrote them down on your outline. I hope you got one from last week. Jesus reminds us of His humanity in this verse. And folks, this is so precious. Folks, a lot of times in Revelation, Jesus is referred to as the Lamb. The Lamb. Revelation chapter 5, we'll sing, Worthy is the Lamb. In Revelation chapter 4, we cast our crowns before the throne of the Lamb. And folks, listen, you can never, never have the scintillating, beautiful cities, of gold, cities with streets of gold that, without the, the, the gate of pearl which... Reminds us of the suffering of Calvary without realizing that he was the root and offspring of David. His heritage as the son of David, the Messiah of Israel, yet destined to fulfill prophecy of his sitting upon that throne of his father, ancestrally speaking, humanly speaking, David. Look at Luke chapter 1. I must read this. Luke chapter 1, verse 32, please. Luke chapter 1, verse 32. We're right on time. Don't worry about a thing. Amen. Luke chapter 1 and verse 32. I got you a little homework. It'll take you a chart. You can understand the whole book of Revelation on your own. Revelation chapter 1, uh, excuse me, Luke chapter 1 and verse 32. The Bible says this. 
I'll be there in just a second. You should always mark your scripture when you're a preacher and you won't waste people's time. All right, there we go. It was marked, I just didn't see it. It says in verse 31, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Look at verse 33. Excuse me, verse 32. And he shall be a great and shall be called the son of the highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, who? David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. He's saying it in his own words. I am, I am the root and offspring of David, and the bright and morning star. Folks, listen, he's not only the offspring of David, um, both Joseph and Mary were descendants of David. 700 years before the fact, in Isaiah chapter 11, look at Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. 700 years before the fact. How many love prophecy? Praise God, here's the fulfillment of it. In Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, it says, And there shall come forth, I mean, we're 743, 713 B.C. If you're an atheist, throw your calendar away. Amen? We're in the year of the Lord, 2017. But look at this, 713 B.C. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of who? Jesse. Who's Jesse? He's the grandfather of David. Or father of, and look at this, and the branch shall grow out of his roots. Hallelujah. Friend, listen, 700 years forward, yet looking forward, he's the bright morning star in Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, calls him the star of Jacob. And that was thousands of years later. Now I'm going to finish this whole study. I want you to look at verse chapter 22, verse 20. It's, a, it's amazing how people can watch a movie for two hours, but they can't give a preacher 30 minutes. That's why I preach 45. <laughs> Amen. But look at, look at this now. Look at, look at this. Uh, 22, 20. Uh, he, he which testify these things says, Surely I come quickly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And I love this last word. It's not a Bible, it's not a Baptist word, it's a Bible word. Amen. Amen. You know what that means? So be it. You know what it means to a lost and dying uh, person that comes in this church? I agree. I'm awake. I'm interested. Amen. Amen. And they say, well, if he's so excited about it, maybe I ought to. I'm not trying to work up anything. If you want to get excited, go to the camp meeting. Red fill or a thing. I mean, they get real excited. I ain't criticizing them. Because I'm going to tell you something. It's, it's easier to, to steer a wild, wild horse than it is to resurrect a dead mule. That's deep theology to end our revelation study. Amen. But I don't think you ought to be either. I think you ought to just be what God's called you to be. And that's follow His leadership. And be thrilled about His Word, His Spirit, and His presence in your life. Don't take Him for granted. That's what these last verses are saying. I am. Did you come to worship the I am or did you want to pay your little religious duty because you're a teacher, you had to come here so you wouldn't lose your Sunday school class? Did you come here just out of a habit? Did you come here to get out of the heat? I hope not because this air conditioning ain't working that good. But I want to tell you something, friend. You ought to come for one reason, to worship the living God. We didn't come to leave. We didn't come for choir practice and we didn't come for Wednesday night supper. Came to worship the living God. And all these mighty preachers coming, they're nothing without God. 
And I want to tell you this, friend. If they don't preach the Word of God like one did about 10 years ago, never opened his Bible and borrowed one from the front row, he'll never step foot back in this pulpit. We ain't, we ain't interested in jokes. We're not interested in illustrations. We want the Word of God preached. Amen? So it's awesome preaching because it's an awesome book. But it's awesome preaching because it's an awesome God that we're preaching about. Now all of y'all just racking your brain trying to figure out who I wouldn't let come back. Don't get off on that tangent. I'll tell you after the service you want to gossip. But listen, the last promise in the Bible, the last promise in the Bible is the assurance of His soon return. Isn't that wonderful? Look at it. He which testify these things. Now, we better back up just a little bit. Look at, look at uh, verse uh, uh, 17. We'll just read the last verses and go. It says, and I'll give you a chart to study on the way home. It says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, here, here we're ending the whole Word of God, and He's saying, Hey, listen, uh, I want to give you an invitation. The invitation is to come. The Spirit is working mightily trying to get people to come to Jesus. Not come to Him and have a Holy Ghost revival. He don't even want to be mentioned. He just wants to lift up Jesus. John 16, 13. He lifts up Jesus. He glorifies Jesus. That's His office. That's His calling. That's His privilege. By the way, when you're yielded to the Spirit of God, it ain't about you. and It ain't about the preacher. It's about Jesus. Say amen. And you love to lift Jesus. And He's lifting Him up. And you can't even call Him Lord unless it's by the Spirit. So the Spirit says. But look who else gives you an invitation. The last verses of this Bible. It says, And the bride say come. Folks, saints, believers, ought to invite people to Jesus. I want to tell you something. You ain't got much faith and you ain't got much of a relationship if you're not so thrilled about Jesus that you want somebody lost to know Him. Amen. Come on. Well, it's not my calling, this calling of evangelism. I know it's not. But it's the calling of the Holy Ghost in you. Because the final invitation is that the Spirit and the bride say come. Right. Folks, I tell you, that ought to be our message. We ought to go out knocking on doors this Saturday or whenever you're going this week. I think you ought to go every week, especially you teachers. We ain't had one person baptized yet that got saved in Bible school. We ought to keep going, keep going, keep on reaching these parents, keep on talking to them, keep on begging, begging them to come to Jesus, not just come to a baptism, not just to come to some ritual, but come to Jesus and magnify Him through obedience at a public profession. It's like begging people to go soul winning these days, especially on a hot day. But I guarantee you this, you'll get up and go fishing. You'll get up and go play. I'll tell you what, I'll get up pretty early to go to the yard sale and buy somebody's junk. Amen. I've got the best junk you've ever seen in your life. Bought it from some of y'all. Good junk. I won't tell you what I bought from Brother John. It's one of my favorite traveling articles. He sold a little suitcase that puts your toiletries in and, and, uh, and my brush. I do have a brush, a toothbrush. But... uh. <laughs> I want you to know this. That was the best purchase in the world. But I'll tell you what, the better purchase was when y'all were on that yard sale and you turned to a dear lady 81 years of age on oxygen and said, would you please come to our church? She says, nobody will take me. 
And you said, I drive an old crummy little yellow bus. And she said, well, I'll go. John said, sure you will. You're 81 years old. I ain't had nobody come on a yard sale yet, but I'm sure you will. Went by her house. She came every Sunday that she possibly could. She passed out on that back row back there and gave Jason a heart attack. She came here every time she could, and I preached her funeral Monday. Her three requests that I had to make by her daughter's order, and I was glad to do it. She said, preacher, tell them, tell all my family, I love them. Then she said, number two, tell them, I forgive them. And I could tell they've had a civil war in that family. No offense, Miss Linda, you was there. And then last but not least, she made me say this at her funeral. She says, tell them they better find good homes for, for, for my five dogs. I had to say it at a funeral. But you know what I loved? She loved her family. She forgave her family. And I'm going to tell you how she got to this church. She got on an old yellow bus. Fell in love with Miss Linda. Fell in love with Brother John. And fell in love with all those little bus kids and knew them by name and asked about them every time she couldn't come to church. Folks, the bride says come. The Spirit says come. We're not just to fill a place in a pew. We are to go out in the world and tell them that Jesus is the Alpha, the Omega, the Almighty God and our Savior. He's the Lamb of God. His blood is enough. And He's coming again. That's what we ought to tell them. That's what this book says. That's the last PS. That's the last verse. That's the last plea. And then, folks, we see it says the saints. The Spirit, the saints, and the saved. Excuse me, the saved should say He's coming. Let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Folks, the only way we're going to make people thirsty is through the Spirit of God and the salt and the light. The last phrases of the Bible is telling us, be witnesses. Don't just study prophecy to be enlightened. Let it burn in your soul and burn in your heart and burn in your whole being that you're so much like Christ that they say He is mighty. He is Alpha. He is Omega. He is the Creator. He is the Sustainer. And He is Lord. Amen? Let's just read these verses. We'll go. And I'll give you an outline. It says, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophets. That's why I showed this video. For I testify unto you every man that heareth the words of this prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. That's not saying you can lose your salvation. It's saying that unbelief tells me that you don't have no salvation, that you are lost, that your unbelief has suspended you from the blessings of God. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. And the book of life has every being that's ever born. The Lamb's book of life has every person that's born again. And so it's intended for you to be saved because your name's in the book of life. But if you add to it and you don't get saved and you take away from the Word of God and you don't believe the Word of God, it says, 
And it says he'll take the part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. You know what he was saying? Don't tamper, don't supplement, and don't subtract from my word. Amen? That's pretty good, the last few words of the Bible. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Well, William Tyndale gave his life for it. And thousands and thousands of other people in the dark ages were strangled. And I'm going to tell you something. The Anabaptists did not get strangled. They got burned at the stake live. They showed mercy because he was a priest. And they strangled him before they burned him. Yes, sir. Read your history. History major. Read it. Praise God. Teach it if you can. Praise God. Preach it Sunday night. But I'll, and he's, he's, so, he's so brief and short-winded, we'll have the business meeting Sunday night. Amen? That'd be good. So listen, Christ, who is coming, He will, folks, come quickly. Look at verse 20. We've got to close. He which testi- We have game time to 8.30. And he which testify these th- things saith, Surely, surely, I come quickly. I'd be interested to know what all the perversion says about that verse. They probably says he'll, he'll come when he gets ready. I'm sure he'll come. I know he's coming. But I want to tell you something. My Bible that's preserved in Eret and people died for and came from the Texas Receptus, the right root, says he'll come quickly. Yeah. Folks, that means not quickly as far as time. It means quickly when he comes. And there's no repenting. There's no getting right. There's no getting right with your brother or sister. That's why I constantly want to get things right with my sister. That's why I don't have any alt against a brother. And it's hard sometimes because some of you tempt me to be mad at you. Come on, come on, say amen. And things that's happened this couple of weeks, I have wanted to clean house in the establishment of cities nearby. I mean, that's flesh. I have got up every morning at 3.30 and can't sleep. Trying to bear some burdens. But in my flesh, I want to straighten things out and fix everything, Brother Darrell. But I can't. i got to trust the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. The one that said, don't add anything to me and don't try to compliment me. I'll take care of it. And that's when he said, Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. And folks, I see that Christ is coming back and He's coming back so fast. But I see His wish. He says, Amen. He said, I really want Him to come back soon. Don't you? And then verse 21 we see the welfare of the believer. He says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. That's not deep, but that's real. He said, until I come back, you got grace. <laughs> and if it wasn't for the grace of God, some of you wouldn't make it. Because I know what you're going through. And I know your heartbreak. If I'm heartbroken, I can't imagine what you're going through. But grace Grace keeps us from throwing the tile in and saying, I'll never come back to church. Grace keeps us from shaking our fist at God saying, Why? Grace keeps us praying. Grace keeps us watching. And grace keeps us serving. 
until we hear the trumpet. I'm going to tell you, I can't think of a better way, but I ain't the one that's ending this book. He is. I can't think of a better way for the Holy Spirit to end the Bible and saying the grace, the grace of our Lord, Jesus Christ, be with you all. Amen. I have a little chart for you that explains why Revelation chapter 1 verse 18, write that down real quick so you can take it, third line of the chart, excuse me, one, two, third line of the chart, while Revelation 1, 18 and 19, chapter 1 verse 19 and 20, outline the whole book of Revelation. And I will read that and we'll go 10 minutes earlier than I thought I'd quit. Revelation 1.18, close our study. It's an outline of the whole book that some, pe some people never preach because they think it's too deep. It ain't too deep. It's just too wonderful to, to, to take in one setting. I once heard Brother Bob Ware from Orlando, Florida preach the whole book of Revelation in one watch night service. We were there all night. Boy, was it a blessing. The whole book. I mean the whole book. Revelation chapter 1, verse 19. But I believe we've got to back up again to verse 18. Here's the whole meaning of the book. I am He that liveth. Can somebody say amen right there? Amen. I am He that liveth and was dead. How many believe that? Say amen. amen. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Praise God! I'm going to camp meeting tomorrow night. I might as well warm up. And then it says again, Brother Chris, Amen. That might be all you say, but praise God, say it from your heart. You might whisper it, whisper it from your heart. Praise God, we're not all alike. We're not all loud mouths like a preacher. But we can be sincere. And then it says this, And have the keys of hell and of death. And here's the outline of the whole book. It's in the chart. Look at the chart. I hope you got one from Brother Scott. If you didn't, we're going to fire him and he ain't going to hand out another one. No, look at this. Revelation chapter 1. And I want you to look at verse 19. It says this. Write the things which thou hast seen. That's chapter 1. That's the things that's seen. And there it is in the first little square there. What he saw was Jesus. An image of Jesus. I mean the high priestly Jesus. I mean this wonderful vision of Jesus. His head and his hair was white like wool, as white as uh, snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. The vision of God and his feet like to fine brass, verse 15. I won't go into it. And then it says, And write the things which, which are, which I have seen, and the things which are, and that's chapter 2 and 3. That's the seven church ages. Went over every one of them. The worst condition was the lukewarm church that thought they had need of nothing. And then it says, and those things which be hereafter. That's chapter 6 through 18. That's the rest of the chart all the way over. You'll never see the word church mentioned in 6 through 18 because that's the tribulation. We're not in the tribulation. We're not all-tribulational. We're post-tribulational. Post Amen? We're not pre-tribulational. You can call it premillennial if you want to. And then we see 
the seven new things in chapter 21 and 22. The new heaven, the new earth, the new city. That's the summation of the whole chapter. You see what's going up in heaven if you look at the top of the chapter. The judgment seat of Christ. Tribulation. You see the rapture. You see the second coming. Folks, listen. In order for you to come back with Him, you've got to go up and be with Him. The Prats don't believe in the rapture. They believe in a general resurrection. They'll argue to you. You're uh, blue in the face. They will. They'll say, there's a general resurrection. There's no rapture. Because the word rapture is not in the Bible. The Bible says, come up hither. In the twinkling of an eye, you'll be caught up to be with Jesus. That's rapture. It's a Latin word. Trinity is not in the Bible. Missions is not in the Bible. But it's still real. <laughs> Amen. He's still real. But I want to say this, friend. We see that we are right here. We're right here. We're in the church age. If you'll look at rapture, you see the little line rapture going up. Why don't you put a little star and put, you are here. You ever been in a mall and you wonder where you are? And you look at that chart and it says, you are here. And you say, well, I'm glad I'm here. Amen? That's wonderful, isn't it? You had a theme park. You look at one of those big things of everything's in the theme park. It'll say, you are here. Well, I'm going to tell you where you are. You're right before the trumpet sounds. Can it get any worse, Brother Steve? This world's wicked. Terrorists. All kinds of political junk going on. People clawing at each other and fighting with each other. Folks, I want to tell you something. I'm not Republican and I'm not Democrat. I'm independent Baptist because I ain't depending on either one of them. I'm depending on God. Amen. But I'll line up with whoever lines up with the Bible the best. Amen. But I ain't looking to the White House for my, my peace. I ain't looking to the White House for my help. I'm looking for hit to Him to come and set all this mess in, in order. And He'll rule. His government will be upon His shoulders. So I'm going to close this study. I've been enjoyed it. I wanted to preach 8.30, but I can't string it out. Got two minutes. The revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And He is the Alpha and the Omega. He, he, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. Let's pray. Father, thank You for the year that we've had to study the book of Revelation together. I want to thank You for these folks' faithfulness. This is the best attendance we've ever had in any series that I've preached. And rightfully so, dear God, it's about your soon coming. So Lord, help us to end this study. Lord, I hate to end it really, but help us to end it with anticipation and obligation and Lord, excitement about your coming. And Lord, that we have your grace and your word to keep us until you do. With every head bowed and every eye closed, have me say that I'm glad I was here for this series.